Salutation Shades and welcome back to your one-stop shop for all things strange and unusual. Talking with Shadows, the conversation everyone has but no one wants to admit to. Here with your host Vic Waitley and Marcus D. And we want to give a big shout out to all of our listeners out there that have come back after our long month of talking about all things alien abductions. Oh man, it's been a ride. I've learned so much <laughs> But I like I thought I knew some stuff about alien abductions, and then I read like six books on it for last <laughs> month, and now I'm like, wow, there's a lot to it I did not realize. We fell so deep down the rabbit hole when it came to so much stuff on like alien abductions. I didn't even like realize like half of the stuff that I started picking up. I'm glad we're taking a little bit of a break from the subject, because, man, (laughs) it's been a ride. So this month, our patrons chose Paranormal Government Projects. And fortunately today, we're talking about stuff that has nothing to do with aliens or UFOs or anything like that. Wait, what what are we talking about today again? First of all, we're still going to be talking about something with UFOs, but... (gasps) It's, I think it's different. Chuck Hughes. No, but it's not. There's, there's a lot of stuff that comes that we're going to be doing down the road that doesn't have to do with aliens and UFOs, but I really wanted to get into Project Sign. I've been wanting to talk about this for so long. So many people in the UFO community that know about aliens, UFOs, and all this sort of things, they know about Project Blue Book and Grace, but not a whole lot of people know where you know, all of, like, the modern UFO, like, modern UFO research starts. And I'm actually pretty excited about this one. Yes, and I, and I can't I can't wait to get into our stuff today. But before we get ahead of Absolutely. ourselves, let's get to some comments. No, we're going to get to what we're drinking first. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. We're going to get to the comments before you. Guys, today we're going to be drinking Bang, Potent Brain, and Body Fuel. What is the? It's blue and pink. The flavor is Rainbow Unicorn. Like, Vic picked this out when we went to the gas station to go to go get, I, which I wanted alcohol, but today he wanted to go with an energy drink today, which it's, I guess it's, a, it's another type of uh, drink we can do today. I'll pop this open here. I mean, I was feeling a little groggy today. I'm like, Let, let's get an energy drink beforehand. Oh. And I'm like, this is actually really good. Ellie had got one a while ago. I tasted it. I'm like, this is just freaking delicious. Oh, that is... You know, I actually, that's kind of like sugary sweet. Like, I feel like this might actually be what ground up unicorn tastes like. And I would believe it, but check it out. There's no sugar in it. You're lying. That's a lot of zeros in this. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And I know this sounds like a commercial, guys, but we're not being paid for this. No. <laughs> this is just our legitimate thoughts on it. It's pretty good. I'm looking at the ingredients, and mostly it just looks like what would look like a breakdown of, like, alien DNA. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think this is, this might be the equation for what, like, unicorn aliens DNA might actually look like. Unicorns aren't aliens. They're far too pure. I tried to I tried to find my unicorn shirt like before we recorded, but I couldn't find it. I have this sweet-ass shirt I got from T-Turtle, and it has a unicorn on it with a switchblade taped to its horn. It just says, I will cut you. And I love it. I feel like Voldemort drinking the blood of unicorns from the first Harry Potter movie. I feel like we're going to get cursed for drinking this stuff, but I just don't care because it's that tasty. <laughs> Okay, let's do some comments. It's the ultimate podcast. It's paranormal podcast experience drinking the blood of a paranormal creature. Ah, ah. So, all right. So, guys, if you guys have not checked out our alien hybrid video, definitely go check that out. It absolutely has probably been one of the most popular uh, episodes that we've done so far to date. Creepy California says, what about alien and animal hybrids? Maybe that's why they're having trouble understanding human emotions and such, because they wanted to... St- because they started making hybrids with other creatures on Earth, and now they have moved down to us. This also may explain cryptids like Bigfoot if they made hybrids. <gasps> and, like, a lot of the accounts of, like, the think about the early Chupacabra accounts and how gray-like that thing was. Unicorns are aliens having sex with horses. No. What? No. 
That's for, that's for like from what he just said. <laughs> but no, like really, there are a few cryptids out there that have kind of a gray look about them. Mm-hmm. I could potentially see something to this. Okay. Uh, I can't pronounce this person's name because it is written, I think, in Japanese or Korean or some sort of Asian dialect. I can't read what the title of that says, but it's okay. Sorry, man. I like the I like the anime photo, but that's cool. Uh, look into Jacques Valle's work. There's a systematic trope of fairy kidnappings and interbreedings with humans to regenerate their dying race. It intersects with changelings and so forth. I think there's enough analogous to blood transfusions, but I don't call. The parallels with alien abduction and UFO lore in general are astounding. Actually, I'm familiar with them. I originally became aware of them through uh, Mysterious Universe, and I really I really want to explore that side of it a lot more. It's just there was so much we had to get into. Maybe uh, we need to do a video on that at some point. I'd really like to dig into it because it's some pretty fascinating stuff. Julie Brooks says, Have you thought about perhaps abductees are able to choose not to remember to allow their memories to be wiped so they can forget their trauma? I think that if I was given the opportunity, I would take that. I probably would. I mean, it's it's very common for people to subconsciously suppress traumatic events in order to protect themselves. I mean, I think that's how a lot of screen memories end up getting, you know, set up on a lot of trauma victims. I, I 100% believe that that could be a thing. Oh, yeah, if they, if they pulled me over after something like that, I'd be like, yeah, make sure I don't remember this stuff. Mm-hmm. Because think about, like, the sort of trauma you're going to have to live with all the time, especially the belief that you're never safe, especially, like, in your home. It'd be so hard to sleep after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nighthawk, patron, says, I think the bulk of their genetic engineering took place a long time ago. It's a lot more efficient to genetically manipulate and spread that manipulation among smaller population. Trying to insert modified genes into 7 billion strong population just seems like it would take forever. I would not be surprised at all if it were revealed that modern day humans are the result of alien genetic engineering programs on early hominids. Um, I, that, that is very yeah. true. And, and we talked a lot about that, I think, in the, in the episode. Because I think I brought up like Dr. Jacobs when he was talking about, like, yeah, when it comes to like ancient alien astronaut theory, were they around a long time ago? The only way that we're going to be able to figure it out is if aliens tell us, and chances are they're probably not going to. But no, you are correct in that it would be way easier to do it way back in the day and just let it spread out from there. Yeah, I really am wondering if this is like a cyclical sort of visitation where they come in, like probably mess with our deans early on, pulled back, came back in, pulled back, came back in. We're just in one of those cycles where they're more heavily involved. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Are you ready to get into today's episode? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I can't wait. So, because today we're talking about Project Sign. Now, those of you guys that are familiar with, like, UFO research and things like that are probably familiar with, like, Project Blue Book from, like, the 19, uh, the 1950s. You know, your, tip, your typical men in black, black suit you know, government agent coming to talk to you if you've seen some sort of a UFO or something like that. Where did all of that really start taking place? And a lot of that comes down to Project Sign. Pull up my notes here. Boom. Were you, were you familiar, Vic, with Project Sign before I brought yes. it to your attention? Oh, uh, well, okay. I remember, I know about it from earlier conversations that we had like three, four years ago. Oh, yeah. I was aware that they were, like, um, projects before Blue Book, Mm -hmm. but I don't think I knew the name of it or exactly how it went. It's very interesting. Looking up the history of the U.S. government investigating UFOs, like, if you just start doing that, you will get flooded with stuff on Blue Book. But prior to Blue Book, there was a project called Project Grudge, and prior to that was the very first actual official U.S. government programmed designed to investigate ufos that we know of that we know of now i'm not saying that the government at the time didn't like you know (laughs) take reports of ufos that it wasn't on the radar and things like that but this is the first time that like the legit government got involved saying hey we should probably be looking into the looking into these things the year is 1947 sounded like my grandfather there back in 1947 Back in 1947, the the United States government was getting a lot of uncomfortable sightings of UFOs around many of their Air Force bases. 
uh, during this time. I think in 1947 alone, there was almost like 800 like accounts of UFOs that had flooded into the government. And so by the summer of 1947, the Pentagon pretty much started talking to the United States Air Force, which should uh, finally became its own official military branch. And they said, look, we're getting all of these reports of UFOs. We need you to look at this and tell us what is going on. So the commander of, Air, of the Air Force material at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, Lieutenant General Nathan F. Twinning, he rounds up a lot of the, all the smart guys and scientists in there, and they start looking over all of the reports of UFOs that had came to, into the government. And like I said before, they had probably gone over maybe up to almost 800 UFO reports that we know about. By about September 23rd, 1947, they sent a report back to the Pentagon to tell them about what they thought about UFO sightings. So, uh, Nathan Twinney, he told the Pentagon, he's like, okay, we've looked over the research, and these are my findings on UFOs. Uh, they're real. <laughs> they're not fake, you know. A lot of people think that most of the stuff was some sort of uh, natural phenomenon or hallucinations or people were just making stuff up. But he comes out and says, no, we think that many of these stories are actually true. Now, some of them probably could have been natural phenomenon like a meteor, or maybe they were just some sort of aircraft that people had mistaked for UFOs. But he said, but a lot of the UFO sightings were kind of concerning. Um, he's like, uh, a lot of the UFOs were demonstrating things like extreme rates of climbing and maneuverability that planes couldn't, in the United States Air Force, couldn't do. And even evasive actions when approached by U.S. aircraft or whenever they were discovered to be found on radar. How much of the forming of this Europe do you think was caused by the encounters with Foo Fighters during World War II? Oh, probably a lot. Oh, I, I, I'm almost positive that it was. Because there are so many accounts of people in World War II encountering these mysterious flying orbs mm -hmm. and being able to pull off amazing aerial yeah. feats and them just had no clue what was going on they ended up breaking down many of the ufo sightings into three main sightings the one being your basic dome on the top flat bottom ufos the cigar shaped ufos and then just balls of light in the sky um kind of like in that order for the reports that people had reported it came in and at the time too they were also probably very concerned about Soviet aircraft in the United States. Because you've got to think of the time frame that we're in. We're in 1947, two years after the end of World War II. And, the, you know, even though the United States and the Soviet Union were on the same side in World War II, by the end of World War II, relationships, the relationship between the two governments have pretty much deteriorated to the point of, um, yeah, we're both trying to get Hitler, but anything that we get our dudes on is ours. So, like, there's a mass, there's a massive race for, like, intelligence, art, money, ammunitions. There's no sharing. So, it's pretty much a, the first dibs on whatever you get. What do you think ever happened to the cigar-shaped UFOs? I think there's still some cigar-shaped. I, I mean, they're not as popular as the other two types. Yeah, and y sure, you'll still see occasional accounts of the cigar-shaped UFOs, but it seems like they were reported much more early on. Uh, what was the town in Texas that we did a oh, video on forever ago? Aurora. Oh, yeah, Aurora, Texas. If I remember right, that one was one of those Zeppelin-esque cigar-shaped UFOs. It kind of seemed like th those ones crashed an awful lot. You're, yeah, you're also, like, leaving out the best part of that story, oh, which yeah, is yeah. that supposedly the townsfolk in Aurora, Texas found a dead alien body and there's a grave that you can go visit today by the way although the aliens no longer there the townspeople moved it because people were wanting to <laughs> dig them up and they felt that since they gave them a christian burial they shouldn't dig them back up but yeah the, these early cigar shapes i really feel like they crashed a lot more and then it seems like it starts to go to these ball of fire ones that were reported a lot around uh, world war ii if i remember right somewhat in world war one there's even a few accounts of them, like, dropping into barracks and moving around within, like, a barracks room. Oh, yeah. Well, there's this huge, big... I mean, 1940s... I mean, the 1940s and even into the 1950s is this huge, 
race for information between the United States and the Soviet Union, and I would say even in the Chinese and Japanese as well, but like predominantly the United States and, and, and Russia. And I think there was a, a lot of fear of like, were some of these cigar shaped objects possibly domestic craft? Were they alien craft? Or, you know, maybe over time the reason why you don't see them anymore is because technology evolved. You know, they realized, hey, the cigar-shaped plan doesn't work. <laughs> um, they keep crashing, and these primitive life forms keep burying our people. <laughs> so we don't want to give. We don't want that to happen anymore. Okay, another question that I've been kind of digging to ask: mm -hmm. Why then? Why do you think it was at that moment they decided to finally kick off a program to look into these mysterious, this mysterious aerial phenomena? Because we know that they were aware of it well before this. I have two arguments. I have a skeptic argument, and I have a not-so-skeptic argument. <laughs> Roll the dice. I, right. I, I'm looking forward to hearing that. My, skept my skeptical argument is I, I they're probably absolutely terrified of the Soviets developing um, technology, like nuclear technology, like, like a nuclear bomb or spy planes. Okay, The United States government dropped a nuclear bomb in 1945. Okay, And the average American suffered from like numeracy where you, you can't comprehend a certain the certain number of deaths that occurred from that but this is the united states government they know the air force they know exactly the devastation that these things can lead and they know that during this time frame that the united that the soviet union is trying to develop nuclear technology and the fact that relations had deteriorated so far probably terrified the level of crap out of them with the idea that the soviets could get some sort of unseen aircraft which could do bizarre aerial feats that they don't know inside the United States. Which eventually, it wasn't even two years later that they've actually ended up developing a nuclear bombs. So that's probably a big fear about why they're kicking this off then. Before you go into your next argument, let me ask you something. You were talking about how there's this massive scramble for technology, art, basically any resources that could have been gotten out of Germany at the end of World War II. Mm-hmm. We've previously had talked about Dick Glocka. Mm -hmm. Do you think that maybe they'd come across the, um, basically the information on the Dick Glocka project? Oh, very and easily could have. Oh, yeah. Both sides were very paranoid the other side had it. Well, you know, they, they knew that, well, the United States knew that Germany had been developing, or been trying to develop, you know, like advanced propulsion systems and truthfully they, they had done some amazing things like their guided rockets were extremely right. revolutionary you know and you know if you think about like operation paperclip which is you know the united states government taking scientists from nazi germany and bringing them over to the united states there were a couple that ended up in the soviet union and the soviet union ended up with a large chunk of information probably with you know nazis technology from from that as well so they really don't know what they found so it very easily could have been that. Yeah, I was just wondering if that play, if you felt that that played a role in the oh, whole yeah. thing. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And then, you know, uh, there was this one particular incident. I don't know if it, if it really worth it's even worth mentioning. I don't. There, there was this little tiny incident in nineteen forty in July nineteen forty seven called the Roswell UFO incident. You know, the month. I before. think I've heard of it. And I, I don't know if any, I don't know if you have. And, you know, the Pentagon may or may not, you know, have been aware of this weird, bizarre crash in New Mexico with this object with, like, reportedly indestructible, very thin material and bizarre hieroglyphics, which uh, a lot of that stuff disappeared, too. But, Marcus, I, I thought they said it was a weather balloon. Oh, I'm sure they did, that... Many of the people that encountered uh, said objects that later went on to be uh, huge in the UFO community talking about extraterrestrials. Yeah, yeah, it was just a weather balloon. One of the interesting things, <laughs> at the time that this was going on, yes, the Air Force was quite aware of it, and there was a little bit of publication on it, but it wasn't anywhere near what the Roswell phenomena would eventually become. It actually basically gained its notoriety much later. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you look in, God, I mean, if you really look at the timeline where Project Sign lines up, it's literally the month after the Roswell UFO incident where they recovered a crashed craft of some kind. And then now all of a sudden the United States Air Force is like, 
yeah, we need to know about these UFOs and what they what they are. So, what do you think that? Okay, if we go down that line of thinking, and I know we got an intermission coming up. We, we, this is a new thing we're doing, guys. We'll explain when we get to it. But if we're going along that line of thinking, so they've recovered this flying saucer. They probably throw together this group kind of as a slap gap thing because they realize how far behind they are on information. They quickly put it, put it up and send them out in the field while they're trying to study this UFO. What do you think their objective would have been? Because if you have this UFO sitting in this hangar and you have these agents in the field, what do you think the big goal of the agents in the field is? Probably to recover stuff. Yeah, that's what I was thinking yeah. too, that the mo more likely they're out there gathering information to see if they can recover more parts. Because, I mean, if this thing crashed, odds are was, at least one device was not working before the crash. <laughs> and probably more devices stopped working after the crash. I'm wondering if they're trying to fill in the gaps on those not working parts. You know, and, you know, again, we're talking about like where Project Sign was birthed from Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio, which is where a lot of the Roswell debris supposedly ended up. The Kecksburg UFO crash ended up outside of Area 51. That is literally number two for where everything like UFO alien crash related usually is suspected to end up at. And maybe it was even the Nazi bell. Yep. Is, so. this, a, is this a good point to, for us to... Yeah, yeah. We're gonna, so what we're going to do, guys, is we're, we're going to leave you that little nugget. We're going to take a quick 60-second uh, commercial break. We're going to give you guys a commercial break because later in this month, we're going to be having some awesome guests from the podcast Infinite Rabbit Hole on, and we're going to be with them talking about Project Stargate, MK Ultra, and talking about the movie Ministeric Goats, which is a fantastic movie. Um, and we're going to be bringing them onto the podcast. So we're going to give you a quick commercial break so you guys can hear their commercial. Welcome to the Infinite Rabbit Hole Podcast. Let us be your hosts and your guides through the world of the strange and the misunderstood. There is an entire world that parallels our own, and with your help, we can uncover the truth and break the walls of our dimension to expose the reality that lies on the fringe of our existence. Follow us into the worlds of science fiction, cryptozoology, the paranormal, extraterrestrial, fringe medicine, psychological anomalies, and everything in between. Our show is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Now... Strap in, hang tight, and open your eyes, ears, and minds as we dive into the infinite realm. Awesome. So we're super, super excited to bring these guys onto our podcast. And, be, and we'll also be sure to share the episode of their podcast where we're going on, where we're going to be talking about shadow people and be talking about some interesting stuff that we've been uh, researching on our own when it comes to shadow people as well. So I can't wait to for them to come on and to share our episode on their podcast with you guys. And although the conversation starts with shadow people, we go kind of deep into oh, a yeah, few yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our our it's 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 really cool and I can't wait to share it with you guys. These are some really Jeremy, CJ, and Andrew are some really interesting guys and it, it it's going to be a lot of fun, guys. Okay, but back to Project Sign. Can you tell us a little bit about how they operated? Yeah, so they 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 actually kick off fully officially. And fun fact, do you know when they first started, they were actually called Project Saucer, before they were called Project Sign. That's awesome. <laughs> I know it's so funny. Like it was like their their initial title was called Saucer, and it kind of for and then they changed the sign, which kind of foreshadows some stuff that eventually happens to the project later. I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. So. Yeah, so with Twinning, General Twinning ta saying how he feels this is a real phenomenon that they should actually investigate, he gets the green light to organize a team, to get a program director involved, and to go out and start investigating these things. They officially start as an official government project on December 30th, 1947, with their mission being to collect, collate, evaluate, and distribute to interest go interested government agencies and contractors all information concerning sightings and phenomenon in the atmosphere which can be construed to be of concern to the national security. Leave it to the government to find a way to suck the fun out of investigating yeah, that's, UFOs. That's a complicated story. I know. Leave it to the government to do that. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. 
and they 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 kicked up and they just started investigating straight up X Files style, going out and investigating stuff. But what I found interesting though was they they officially or reported to have investigated only about two hundred and forty cases. Well, weren't they only going for about a year? Yeah, but even the year of nineteen nineteen forty seven, there's almost. 800 reported UFO sightings that get flooded into the government. Do, I mean, we, do we have any information on how many agents they had? If I had to guess, it might have been because they didn't have as many people probably in order to be able to investigate everything that they want to do. So they probably had to pick and choose. Also, they probably also are not going to put forth any, you know, UFO sightings, which, you know, they don't want the American public to know about. That's true. If they're trying to get it, especially like parts yeah. <laughs> of them but anything that led to that would be buried yeah. so deep that it's not going to come through i mean and you guys are going to see this throughout the rest of the month when we're talking about paranormal government projects where there's just going to be just stuff that's still buried and classified that we don't even know about i mean god we didn't even know about project sign until i don't even think it was officially declassified until the 60s and actual people weren't even coming forward with uh any information on it until almost like the the mid 50s so mm. so about nine months into project sign they put together a document uh supposedly now this part is supposedly rumored and this is where things start getting kind of weird when it comes to project sign so supposedly a lot of the people that worked on the project came forward about nine months into their investigation and put together something that's called the Estimate of the Situation. The Estimate of the, the Situation. Estimate of the Situation. I I have never found like a weirder name for a government report. Sorry, I after after you said that, I forgot everything you said before that. When was this? Oh, 1947. No, and you said how many months in? Oh, nine months in. So, right before they get shut down. Yeah, right before they get shut down. So, supposedly, in the estimate of the situation, uh, they put these, they put forth their findings on UFOs. And they're like, yeah, some of the ones we went out were kind of natural phenomenon. They might have been just weird flashes of light. They might have been sun flares, meteors, what have you. There's probably some domestic aircraft. Maybe a spy or two. Who knows? But there's a large chunk of Project Sign that said, um, based on what we've seen, these aircraft are doing things that are so out there and extraordinary, there's no aircraft on Earth that could do them. And we possibly believe that these could be extraterrestrial in origin. I've always been fascinated by the immediate jump to extraterrestrial. I don't think it was an immediate jump, because these guys are like... Some of the best scientists that the Air Force has to offer. Well, okay, let me clarify. Let me clarify my statement a little bit. It I always thought it was odd that we, when they started examining what it could be outside the no, the normal, the instant answer is extraterrestrial. Well, it's not. I wouldn't say it's exactly instant because what happens is, is they send it to uh, their boss. Okay, they send it like up the chain to Air Force Chief of Staff General Hoyt. Vandenberg, massive shill of the government. And he said, oh, aliens. Nah. He's <laughs> like, we're not going to do that. Sorry. Um, not change it. And they're like, well, and he's like, well, couldn't, is, isn't it not possible that maybe that these are aircraft that could have been made like domestically or people could have made that. And the project science scientists went, well, Maybe yeah. I'm just I'm just in the backyard cooking up an airplane that can you know run yeah. circles around. They're yours. like I guess if you look at like the most advanced um, propulsion systems of planes that don't have wings <laughs> and you know um, you know since most of these are like supposedly moving and cr like silently with no trail, they're like yeah you could we could make a craft like that, but it would be terrible and can't do the things that these things reportedly. <laughs> doing which is like a very nice um way of saying uh yeah man we can't do this <laughs> and they're like look we that's why we think it might be extraterrestrial and you should take this seriously and then he went again uh no <laughs> and a fish and and, if, and there, there was a huge massive showdown between project sign and the pentagon 
and Project Stein ends up losing. And finally, in the end, he just uh, uh, Hoyt steps in and change and makes the report be officially that you know they're all domestic craft or they're natural phenomenon or they're mass hallucinations. Even and, though that's just not what they yeah. they recently came yeah. back with it and 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 left it at that and said that that's what they were going to do and then shut Project Sign down and many of the sign and then what ends up happening after that is they make what's called Project Grudge after that. And most of the scientists that were a part of that either left, became disinterested in the program, didn't want to do it anymore. And Project Grunge just became this massive uh, campaign to just discredit any UFO phenomenon. It's either a regular plane or a natural phenomenon. I kind of feel like there's no way their name is coincidental. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, I, no. I feel like they had a grudge against the findings of the previous <laughs> one, and they wanted to make that point very clear. Oh, my gosh. And if you... But let, let, let's, let's examine some of the information you just gave us, though. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they come forward with this information, and it gets shot down. I can think of a few reasons, but I want us to talk some of those out. Sure. One of them being that it got up to the top brass, and they're like... Oh, no, we're not wasting money on chasing fairies. Because I could see someone actually saying that. And just shutting it down for that reason that they are a strict non-believer. Or I could also see it being something more clandestine. What are your thoughts? I Because there's, there's an obvious answer that I think we're both going to talk about here in a sec. But I want to examine some of the others. Okay. I, 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 I think... I, I don't know exactly what they really thought. Like, they put their best guys in on this to try to explain to them what it was. And then the next thing that happens is the program gets shut down. And then they go to this massive smear campaign against, like, anybody claiming that these UFOs are extraterrestrials. I think, le like, what legit may have happened is they found something. And then they had to realize they had to start covering up. Because, again, the Air Force only became an official branch in 1947, all this stuff started happening in a very, very short amount of time. The U.S. Air Force becomes its own official branch. The Roswell UFO incident happens. Project Sign takes off. You know, in the same year, guys, in the same year. Like, one possibility is that they had worked too openly. I don't think the issue is the whole, no, we're not spending our money chasing fairies. I think they realized that, hey... This is something, it's a real threat. We can't stop this threat. And we need someone out there debunking this. We need mm -hmm. to keep the public calm and ignorant of what's going on. And I kind of feel like that's the direction that things went. I mean, the only thing that I could think of even skeptically of what this may have been, because we know, and, and, and we're going to talk about this a little bit through the month, that when it comes to not all the branches of the U.S. military work together, maybe you were in the military, you understand this. And, you know... It's, it's like the, what the, what could be going on is one branch of the military is doing something and the other branch of the military, like the Air Force, may have been figuring it out. And they were just like, no. <laughs> you know, so this may have been some kind of test or something to see like if they could actually like get like the people that are doing this clandestine stuff are going to get caught. Or maybe even the person who is shutting down isn't even fully aware of why. Like, someone just walks into his office that he knows a higher position and says, kill this project. Mm -hmm. We did not know that this is what you're doing. Kill this project. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's 100% something that could be going on. And, you know, another thing, too, if the Air Force is just starting as its own branch of the military, they they don't have the, they might not have the experience that the other branches of the military have in keeping stuff covert, you know? Do you think there's any chance that this is a left hand right hand situation where the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing basically one part of the government had gathered the ufo from roswell and is working on that while they're not realizing there's this other group going out there and investigating this stuff and they're like no no we need to not be drawing attention to this oh Kill yeah this. Kill oh 100 percent. Oh, like i mean we've seen this with other stuff with paranormal government projects like a little bit like you know, we're going to be talking a little bit later in the month about Project Stargate, and I'm not going to get super into it, but there's an instance, there's a story in which remote viewers are brought in by one branch of the government to to look into something, and they essentially... Oh, this story's so too good. Just save yeah, it. Yeah. Just save it. Just know that there yeah. are similar things out there. Yeah, they yeah, and they essentially they, they catch on to something another group is doing, 
and the other group comes in thinking that there's a, a spy from a foreign government. You know, so yeah, I mean, yeah, there's plenty of examples in the military where one group doesn't know what the other one is doing. I mean, even um, Twinning himself even says one of the possible explanations to these craft is that it's a craft done by another part of the government that we don't know about. I mean, that's even one of his speculations, which is very, very possible, you know. If that is the case, someone had made a serious breakthrough, a breakthrough that to this day has not been made public. Because, I mean, this would have been something going on at the latest by World War II, more likely World War One, of these planes doing things that we do not know how to do nowadays, at least not publicly. Uh, you know, something of note, um, in February 28th of 1960, the first director of the CIA, Roscoe Hillencotter, he stated publicly that high-ranking Air Force personnel are soberly concerned about UFOs. Of course, I mean, they're yeah. flying around nuclear sites. I'd be worried about this stuff. And to hide these facts, uh, that they were ordered to keep the, to hide these facts from everybody else, like publicly has said this. And if you look at how Project Grudge just went through, literally just sloppily um, trying to discredit everything, and then Project Blue Book comes in and just does it better, I guess, you know, it's it's very evident of that, you know. Where it just seemed like everything that it came to when it came to UFOs and what are they, you know, the massive amounts of reports that we always are going to get that we're going to get shared with this is always going to be, oh, it's okay. It was just a regular plane or it was a meteor or the person was mistaken, you know, or something like that. Or it was swamp gas. Yeah, or swamp gas. We're not going to get told what it is. We're not going to get told really what it is if it's a Russian spy plane, if it's a... You know, if it's an extraterrestrial, we're not going to get told these things until, like, at least 50 years later. No, no, that was Venus. You're looking at Venus. Right, yeah, 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 why, yeah. why was Venus making right-angle turns? <laughs> no, like, it, it just does that sometimes. Why was why was Venus flying at 3,000 miles an hour? <laughs> like, you know, it's known to do that from time to time, you know, with, you know, with an orbit that it does and... What about the part where Venus came down and rotated around our nuclear rocket and then shot a ray at it and then disappeared into the sky? Yeah, sometimes like that. Just, you know, swamp gas and it just makes Venus act weird. Yeah, why, 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 are, you, why are you talking into your intercom? Why are there, why are there men in black showing up in black Cadillacs to be take me away? Like, why are... But I think... Sometimes when I talk to people who are not really into this sort of field, they'll often say, "Why, if they, if they're visitors from some other dimension, planet, galaxy, whatever, why why would the government be interested in hiding this?" And I get that question way more often than you you would really guess. And would you want to take some time to examine that question? Yeah, sure. There are a lot of reasons <laughs> why they would not want this to be public. One of the easy ones to understand <clears throat> is from the kind of steal that technology sort of view mm -hmm. of you don't want to be competing with anyone else. <laughs> Let's say that your government knows that these things are out there and you want their technology. Making it at all public means... Those other governments, which may or may not be aware of it, will now definitely be aware of it. But beyond that, you're also going to be competing with corporations <laughs> who would also love to get this stuff to make money off of. You know, <laughs> as well as independent citizens. You know, and if, you know and, and if it's publicly known that these things are out there moving around and now there's like oversight from the public on the government and oh, yeah. they want it that badly, I mean, you know, now they can't do all the shady things that they want to do to be able to get their hands on it. Yeah, like if if like think about how much more complicated the issue becomes if one of these places or one of these vehicles crashes and there's still a living occupant. Oh no! Look at the you guys remember back to the uh, the Mahe UFO incident mm -hmm. when that UFO crashes down in Brazil and supposedly there was a firefight between gov U.S. government and Brazilian government officials and aliens down there in Brazil. Real story, by the way. Check out that episode. It was nuts. But. And that's just one angle. Another angle, think about the panic of the, gov the government's, or we're going to have, when the government comes out and goes, 
Yeah, there's these things that just fly into our airspace. We don't have really a whole lot we can do about it. <laughs> and maybe they're stealing citizens at night. Maybe. But I don't worry about it because, you know, there's nothing we can do about it. So uh, have fun sleeping tonight. That, that might lead to what they say is a radical regime change. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think that's anything anyone wants to hear. I don't think... I don't think they want to be making that sort of statement to the public. Because, <laughs> I mean, like, on almost every level, once you admit that this is a thing to your public, a lot of stuff changes. And sometimes when a lot of things change, you get a full-blown revolution. <laughs> like, think about how this challenges, like, just the our, our existential world, our experience of day-to-day. -day. It's no longer just thinking about it from the human experience. You are accepting that there are other things out there nearby that have the same sort of experiences as you. Or maybe they have totally different ones. What if their motives are so strange that we couldn't even comprehend them? The only thing that would even change, like, how we even, like, look at ourselves, you know, in the universe. Like, if we, you know, like, the average American, like, sitting back, believing that they're... You know, one of the you know the strongest countries on the planet, and now all of a sudden there's this group of people out there with like far more advanced technology that you can't stop them taking citizens and coming into our airspace. I mean, I think that would radically flip like our perceptions about our safety in the world. You know, but I think it makes all the sense in the world. Oh yeah, that they do not want us to know much about this, mm -hmm. and I imagine that is going to maintain. Until the event hits a degree of critical mass where either A, it's going the information is going to get out, all they can do is get in front of the story, or B, the situation has gotten so out of hand that they need everyone working on the issue. Like, like if they're about to go to war yeah, with us. Okay, look at if, look in culture today. The, the idea when if someone says something which is offensive or we discover that they did something that was horrible, the public outcry and rage that goes on forever. Just if somebody said something bad, imagine the outcry if people found out that aliens were real, they're kidnapping people, they're destroying places, they're crap, they're flying around. The what that would do. <clears throat> yeah, I, I could see the government not wanting people to know about or this. Or even just the whole yeah, I mean, there was this crashed UFO in Roswell, and there were some entities in there, and yeah, they were kind of still alive. So we captured these intelligent <laughs> beings against their will and have been studying them against their will. Yeah. Like, at almost every angle, their job just gets notably harder. No matter, <laughs> no matter how you examine it, they do not really benefit much from coming forward with this information. They have tons of incentive to keep it quiet. I can't even imagine some of the dark conversations that have to happen in, like, in boardrooms, like, in government facilities. Oh, yeah. It, I bet you that the stuff that's said behind closed doors... It would probably, like, chill your blood. I couldn't even, I, like, couldn't even imagine. Alright. Something, too, that I, that I would, that I would love to throw, too. Like, if you look at, like, the massive, like, discrediting campaign that occurs after a project sign. Like, if you look at a lot of people in the Air Force or that were a part of these projects, it's really interesting because they'll say stuff like, no, nah, yeah, aliens aren't, you know, it's all natural stuff that UFOs are just planes and stuff. They're, they're not extraterrestrial. But then you got someone like uh, Dr. Alan Hynek, who there's videos of him in the 60s coming on saying, yeah, there's no unexpl unexplained, uh, unidentified flying objects. And then he later goes on to found a huge UFO research company. <laughs> like after, like there's a lot of people from the Air Force that leave the military and then become huge in the UFO community. Well, think about how much information we get off de deathbed confessions. Oh, oh man. Okay, are you ready to throw some final thoughts on? Uh, yeah, on yeah, yeah, absolutely. Fine. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to? Go ahead. Okay, I feel like odds are these people were contracted quickly after Roswell. This may even have been just a, effectively a scouting sort of measure. Being like, go out, get us information. We need to get caught up on to seed on whatever the heck this thing was that, we, that crashed here. They were sent out to gather the recon, came back with a legitimate report, and they're like, okay, 
now that we have this information, we now need this discredited. We need this kept secret as much as possible. They scrap the project, bring in a new project that probably is doing much of the same thing, still scouting out the information, gathering information, marking down where potential crash sites are so they can get those sweet, sweet parts and technology, while more in the public just discrediting everything to keep other people from looking into it. And I think this process just continued from grunge to Blue Book to whatever was going on after Blue Book because I don't think it ever stopped. I think they just buried it deeper. <sighs> I think that what happened was they realized there was some sort of bizarre phenomenon going on. They stumbled upon something that they themselves could not understand. They they stumbled into the world of the paranormal. Like something happened, I do believe, in 1947 where the government became aware of something. You know, this is way too high up in the brass for this to have been an accident for me. You know, the head of Wright-Patterson Air Force Base is saying we need to investigate these things. If they wanted to shut this thing down, that would have happened right then and there. These things... As, as the history of the Air Force goes on, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, where uh, Nathan Turning ended up first talking about this, becomes the focal point of so much stuff in ufology and reports of aliens and UFOs. Even though Sh Sun gets shut down and they go on this massive discrediting campaign, I think if that was the real position, if that's what they really wanted to do, I don't think that we would have seen general nathan twinning secede the guy right afterwards who told hoyt telling him yeah we're not yeah we're not going to say that these are actually extraterrestrials i think what ended up happening was this guy discovered there's a real threat that we need to investigate and then this was the guy that had the most amount of information about it and this is now the guy that we need going forward now, if you guys are still wanting some more information on Project Sign, we're going to be going into some specific cases in our Pillow Talk segment. But first, let's give our final verdict on Bang Unicorn, Rainbow Unicorn. Mm. I give it four fairies, four out of five fairies. I'm going to give it five out of five elusive Bigfoots. Mm. It is really good. Oh, man. If, if you are one to drink an energy drink, I know not everybody likes them, but if you do, give this a shot. I actually really like it. In the comments below, put your guys' thoughts on Project Sign. What do you guys think about what we've talked about so far? Do you think that it was all, you know, was it all bunk? Was there really stuff going on with aliens, UFOs? Was it just Soviet aircraft going around? Was it just other U.S. tech? Let us know what you guys think in the comments below. If you guys are listening to this episode, don't forget to like the episode. Leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. This absolutely helps us a lot. If you're listening to it on YouTube, comment below. Leave a comment. I don't care what it is. Good, bad, ugly. Because it absolutely helps out our episodes whenever you guys leave a comment. Don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell so that way that you guys can get up to date on any time that we put out any sort of content. But until next time, guys, keep believing. Because we'll keep listening. So let's get into the nitty gritty of this clandestine organization. Absolutely. If you guys want the rest of this awesome podcast, all you got to do is go over to our Patreon and sign up for as little as a dollar a month. You get all the rest of our extended parts of our podcast, as well as exclusive videos that we post just for our patrons and for two dollars a month you guys get to actually vote in our patron poll where we let you guys pick the theme of each month what our content's gonna oh, be oh and we got a good one we're adding for next month oh yes we do yes we do we're gonna tell you guys now it's gonna be things you can't find on youtube we're gonna be talking about the out there stuff that for some reason no one else talks about yep 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 it's our brand. if that one's picked oh yeah 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 but I think right now Giants and Nephilim is still winning, which is awesome. Oh, sorry, sorry. It'll be for the month after the current. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll at least be two months away if that's what you guys end up picking up. But honestly, either way. You know what's weird, though? Uh, we talk about towns. Ghost Towns is on there. Do you realize that like most of our season finales for all of our case file stuff was generally a town? Oh, that's because me and you, we love, yeah. we love investigating ghost towns. Yeah. We're, we're actually part of a kind of... A, long-term investigation on one here in indiana mm -hmm. and it's been pretty fascinating oh yeah 
And like, it, it's involved ghosts, windigos, <laughs> strange awesome. lights. We've actually Weird discovered cryptids. some buildings that, like... <laughs> yeah, it's fun stuff. And then... And I saw a baby turtle. <laughs> you did see a baby turtle. It was cute. And then we got hairy, hairy humanoids that are on there, which is awesome. Anytime we can do a cryptid, that's always fun. So, anything is in the picking, it's going to be super, super fun. Well, all right. So, we thought for the Pillow Talk segment of the podcast today, we would talk about some of the actual investigations that Project Sign did. Some of the first of the firsts from the government. Before you get rolling those, I have a question. Yeah. Because I, I didn't find any information on this. Do you know if there's any any reason why Sign was particularly picked as their handle? Like why they called it that? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not. I never. I never read why they called it that. I assume the reason why they changed it from saucer was probably because going in, that extraterrestrial thing was probably mm. in the back of their mind, which is why they didn't want to call it's it saucer. Two on the nose. Yeah. So that's why they changed it to sign. Okay. I was just curious if you came across it because I never did. Mm-mm. I'm not sure. I'm sure it's buried deep down somewhere. But you guys know. Please let us know. But okay. So I think what we'll talk about first is the Mantell incident. So the Mantell incident was one of the first major investigations that occurred um, that first sign. On January 7th, 1948, Air Force pilot Captain Thomas Mantell crashed his airplane. 